So what we are doing today, we are following up what we talked about last night. Last night, we talked about God's forgiveness of us, wanting to have a very clear understanding because so many people have a misunderstanding of God's forgiveness and how that can impact us. And so we needed to first up understand God's forgiveness the next step in the process is we have to then be willing to forgive others in the same way that God is forgiving to us. So last night was about understanding God's forgiveness. Today is about forgiving, forgiving others. There's, there's a reality that nobody gets to be excluded from. And that reality is that in life, you are going to be hurt by someone you're going to be hurt by what they say. You're going to be hurt by what they do. And a sad reality is that's going to happen repeatedly. It will happen over and over again through your life. It's what happens. So when we talk about forgiveness, one of the things I'm talking about what's going to happen, but you probably already are thinking, you probably already have flashes in your mind, memories that pop up, that are certain heartaches that you've experienced, certain hurts, heartaches and hurts from your past, things that happened, and you still recall those. You can still feel the pain of those. So forgiveness is an enormous issue for all of us. Every person, forgiveness is an enormous issue. So we need to understand forgiveness, and we need to be forgiven and we need to forgive others. So this morning, what I want to do is, I want to answer two questions about life and forgiveness. It's the questions of why and how. Why should I ever forgive someone who hurts me? It's a big question. Why should I ever do that? They hurt me. And then the other question is the how question. How do I do that? How, how do I forgive someone who hurts me? So for this first question, why should I forgive anyone who hurts me? I have three big reasons for you. Individual reasons, but last night they, they really do need to all blend together and come together as three areas of life regarding forgiveness. Three reasons why I should forgive someone who hurts me. The first one is because God has forgiven me. I've been forgiven, so I need to learn to forgive others. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. So when I remember how much God has forgiven me, that helps me to be more forgiving of other people. It helps me to move in that direction. On the other hand, if I don't feel forgiven, if I don't feel it, if I haven't experienced it, I'm going to have a hard time forgiving other people. People that don't understand forgiveness are usually very harsh towards others, very unforgiving towards others because they haven't felt forgiven yet themselves. And so they don't want to forgive someone else. They have a hard time forgiving. They have a hard time letting something go. They have a hard time forgiving a grudge. If that's the case, it's possibly because you don't understand forgiveness, and it's possibly because you don't feel forgiven yourself. 
If I don't feel forgiven, I don't want you to feel forgiven. Why would I want that? I don't have it. Why do I want you to have it? If I don't feel set free from the things I've done wrong, I don't want you to feel set free from those things. Yet Colossians 3.13 says, Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. It's not even really optional. You must forgive others. It's the path that you stepped onto. It's what God wants of you. If I realize that every moment of every day that I'm living in light of God's love, God's grace, and God's forgiveness, if I remember that, if I realize that he has wiped the slate clean, set me free, forgiven me, then I'm going to be more forgiving to other people. If I've, if I've experienced forgiveness, I'm going to want others to experience that goodness, that grace, that mercy. Another reality is you will never have to forgive anyone more than God has forgiven you. You'll never have to do that. The first reason to forgive is because God has forgiven me. Another reason is because resentment doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Resentment is self-destructive. And when you refuse to forgive, you are planting seeds in your life that are bitterness, resentment. And those seeds grow up into these massive internal weeds that are destroying you from the inside out. There's a man in the, in the, in the Old Testament. His name was Job. This man dealt with a lot of pain. And we could learn things from him. We could learn how he dealt with his pain and what he did with that. There's a book with his name on it. It's kind of in the middle of the Bible. Uh, you should read the whole book. In this book of Job, we are told that resentment, it hurts us. It actually doesn't hurt the other person. In Job 5.2, to worry yourself to death with resentment would be a foolish, senseless thing to do. It's simply, it's foolish, and it's senseless to be resentful. Resentment messes up your life. When you are filled with hate or resentment or bitterness, one of the things it does is it, is it pushes you to do foolish things, to say foolish things. We act in foolish ways, and that messes up our life. So in that moment, it's not the person who hurt me. It's not their fault. I'm now making a choice to continue on with that resentment, with that bitterness, and that is what's messing up my life now, today. What we're doing with that is, is we are refusing to experience life, and in the midst of that, we are derailing ourselves from experiencing life because of our resentment. Job 18.4 says, you are only hurting yourself with your anger. Your anger, your resentment, your bitterness, that's what's hurting you. Makes you miserable. Keeps you from experiencing life. The word, or the experience even, happy and misery, they don't go together. They don't, they don't exist together. They don't mesh 
together. They don't do life together. One of the things that we need to realize is that whatever it was that happened to you, and I know there is no one in the room excluded from the phrase, whatever it was that happened to you. What we need to realize is that it happened. That means it took place in the past. It is foolish to take something of that nature and bring it into our present. We need to let it go. We need to, to, to leave it in our past. So no matter how resentful you are toward the person who hurt you, whoever that was, maybe it was a parent, maybe it was a friend, maybe a boyfriend, maybe a girlfriend, whoever it was, your resentment is not hurting them. They've moved on, and you're struggling with it, and you don't have to. You could, you could deal with it. See, resentment and happiness, they don't go together. Resentment is destructive, and it's destroying you from the inside out. And being unforgiving is what causes resentment. When you hold on to a hurt, you are hurting yourself. You are making yourself unhappy. It's just simply, it doesn't work. So why should I forgive? Because God has forgiven me, because resentment doesn't work, and because I need forgiveness, and I'm going to need more forgiveness in the future. I'm not done with my need for forgiveness. Matthew 6.15, Jesus says it like this. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. When you are unforgiving, what you are doing is you are burning the bridge that you need to cross to get into heaven. That is the bridge of forgiveness. So you need to not torch the bridge, but it your, it's your resentment that does that. Because of the very fact that God says, I'm going to need forgiveness in the future, then I need to be forgiving today. One of the things I've heard people say is, yeah, but you, you just don't understand. You don't know my hurt. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know how that person hurt me. I don't know. I don't know how you've been hurt. I don't know the depth of your pain. But what I do know is I know that the Bible says that if you don't forgive them, you shouldn't expect God to forgive you. So there's this enormous value in us forgiving them, no matter what they did to us, we still want to experience forgiveness. We want to experience life and grace and mercy. And if I stop myself from being forgiving, then I'm stopping myself from receiving forgiveness in the future. So it's really like a, you know, for your own sake, you need to forgive. You need to let it go. So then it's the how question. How can I do that? 
How do I forgive? A couple of things for you. First step, remember, we're all imperfect. When we hate someone, we tend to lose perspective. We lose perspective about them, and we lose perspective about us. When we're filled with resentment and bitterness, we tend to forget that we're all imperfect, that we all make mistakes, that we all sin. Nobody is excluded from that. It's, it's our nature. We're all sinners. We're all capable of hurting others. A reality here, every one of us has wronged someone else. Every one of you has, has hurt someone else. That's because we're all imperfect. We've all been selfish and we've said something or we've done something that caused someone else pain. We've all done that. We're all imperfect. Ecclesiastes 7.20 says, Not a single person on earth is always good and never sins. Every one of us. We sin. We make mistakes. We're all imperfect. We hurt each other. Remembering that we're all imperfect helps us to, to set our attitude toward being more understanding when we are hurt. When we realize, you know what, I, I, I hurt somebody. I hurt other people. That can help me realize that I need to forgive the person that hurt me just like I need for them to forgive me for hurting them. Remembering that we're all imperfect, it helps us to be moving in the right direction, in the direction of God's grace and love and mercy and life. Second significant choice regarding forgiveness that we need to make is relinquish my right to get even. You have a right to get even. You could do that. This aspect of relinquishing my right, this is at the heart of forgiveness. This is really what forgiveness is all about. The Bible says, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. What you are doing when you take revenge, you are telling God, God, you, you know, you set this one out. I've got this. I'm going to make them pay. That's not a good path to be on. I have taken a huge step toward forgiveness when I can say, I give up my right to get even. You deserve to be hurt back, but I'm not going to do it. You deserve to be retaliated against, but I'm not going to do it. You deserve to be punished, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to relinquish my right to get even. Some of you will say, well, that's not fair. I will say, you're right. It's not fair. God never said your life would be full of fairness. This is not heaven. We live on a broken planet with broken people. And people hurt each other. Sometimes we are the ones doing the hurting. Sometimes we are the ones being hurt. We're all imperfect and we need 
to forgive in the way that God has forgiven us. The Bible says, don't take revenge for yourselves. Don't try to get even. Leave that to God. You can have the assurance that that one day God is going to have the last word. Don't know if it's today, tomorrow, or 20 years from now. But God will have the last word. So in the meantime, your best course of action is to relinquish your right to have the last word. Relinquish your right to get even. Your resentment, it keeps you from being forgiven. It, it, It keeps you from experiencing peace. Your resentment keeps you from experiencing life. Let God settle the score. In the meantime, relinquish your right to get even and ask God to fill you with his love, with his grace, with his mercy, with his peace. How often are you going to need to do that? Every time it pops up. Every time that resentment pops up its ugly head in your heart, you need to forgive. You need to let it go. And when you do, that ugly head pulls back down and goes away. And when you do that enough, it goes away literally. It's gone. You really have two options when you're dealing with hurt. These are the only two options I see. You rehearse it. What is most often the track? You rehearse it over and over again. I'm, I'm, I'm really am amazed. I am amazed at my creativity. One of the places that I am extremely creative is in getting revenge. I mean, I could come up with really awesome, and I have. In my mind, I have come up with great ways to get revenge, to make them pay. When I was, uh, what, 12 years old, two older, bigger boys jumped me, beat me up. I, after I learned God, committed my life to Christ, understood forgiveness, I forgave them. But that has not stopped me. I have repeatedly thought, even recently, of how I would like to meet that person today. Because I'm a lot different today. I'm not the skinny kid I was then, and I know how to take care of myself. I have so many times thought, I want to meet that guy. His name was Billy. It's always Billy. I think of how to do that. And I have to stop and say, God, I don't want this in my life. I love you. I want to be forgiving. I am forgiving him, and I am letting it go. I've done that my whole life, and it still comes up. It still comes up in me, and so I still have to deal with my forgiveness of Billy. There's your example. Rehearse it or release it. I have to choose to release it, to let it go. Rehearsing it, it leads to more resentment. It leads to more misery. 
Releasing it leads you to freedom and life. Forgiveness is this clear act where you say, you are forgiven. And you actually forgive them. You actually extend forgiveness, and in that, you let it go, and you set, you set them free. Now, you don't know if Satan is going to come back sneaking around and remind you of that and tell you how bad it was and tell you how much you hurt, and don't you want to make him pay? That's how he operates. And one of the things I have realized about Satan, you know, I could think of myself as very creative. I could even think of myself as, as rather smart. I have nothing in comparison to Satan. That dude, his smartness goes way beyond mine. I'm not going to be able to outsmart him. I'm not going to be able to outcreative him. But what I do have is I have God in my corner, on my team. I can't take him on by myself, but I can with God and with the Holy Spirit. And so when that comes back up, I have to beat it back down with my forgiveness. If you've ever been deeply hurt, you just know that that painful memory, it can come back. And my experience, it will, it does. Maybe it's, maybe you extend forgiveness and, you know, maybe five hours later you're struggling with it again. Maybe it's five days later. Maybe it's five years later. But it does come back. That's when you need to remind yourself, I gave up my right to get even. I forgave them. I forgave them for what they did. Next thing you need to do is to be ready to repeat the process as often as needed. Peter asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Jesus says, no, 70 times seven. You mathematicians, you know how, how that, what that number is. Anybody? Exactly. 490 times. It's not seven. Seven sounds like that's reasonable. If I have to deal with this seven times, okay. I can go there. But Jesus is saying, when you are offended, you forgive. And you don't keep score. You don't keep track. You don't keep a ledger. What we need is to develop a heart of forgiveness. Because we're going to be offended. We need to have a heart that is willing to forgive. Willing to be loving. So you release them. Why do you release them? So you can be released. So you can be set free. Because if you don't, you get stuck in the pain. And when you get stuck in the pain, you give your resentment an opportunity to grow. And it will grow. And it will be strong. And it will overtake your life. The only resentment weed killer that exists is forgiveness. 
you have to pour massive doses of forgiveness on your resentment. Kill it. Eliminate it. You know, one of the things that, that we deal with is, is physical pain. Years ago, I had a situation. We were sitting in a restaurant, and I just had this pain. So I, I guess I got to go to the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom, and the pain didn't go away. And then it just got worse. Later that night, we left the restaurant, went home. Later that night, multiple times, I had gone into the bathroom and was curled up in a fetal position, just overtaken by this pain. So I went to the emergency room, found out I had a kidney stone. Terrible, terrible pain. Uh, I, I have often joked that there... That, this has, this has made me have just a little, little bit of understanding of childbirth. You know, there's childbirth and there's my pain. But it was enough that it gave me an understanding and a, and a sense of uh, compassion. One of the things that happened at the end of that evening... The doctor gave me a prescription. He gave me a prescription. He said, you know, hopefully you will never need this. But you should carry it with you. You should never be without this pain medication. It says right on the bottle, take as needed. If you ever feel this, this pain again, start taking it. Because it will help you. So... There are pain medications that will help us deal with physical pain. But that's the only place they work. They do not work on our heart pain. They do not work on the pain that we experience from somebody hurting us. Yeah, take as needed. Well, that should apply to forgiveness. Apply as needed, because it is, it is the only option you have for dealing with non-physical pain. There is freedom in it, freedom in forgiveness. So if you want to experience the freedom of forgiveness, there's a fourth way. I can refocus on God's way of living. What I have to do to do this is I stop focusing on the offense, I stop focusing on the past. I stop focusing on the hurt. I stop focusing on the person who offended me. Instead, I begin to refocus on God. I refocus on God's way of living. And you can't do both. You can't focus on the offense and the pain and the hurt and focus on God and God's way of living at the same time. They're moving in opposite directions. They are opposites. When I focus on God, when I do what God wants, when I live God's way, I experience life. I experience grace. I experience peace. I experience what I want most. That's what I get when I focus on God. So, Why would you want 
to suffer the pain of whatever it was that happened to you. Because when you rehearse it, you're suffering in it all over again. You're feeling the pain. You're feeling the hurt. You're reminding yourselves of the memories. And you're going down a path of more and more pain and agony. Why would you want to do that? You have the ticket out. As hard as it seems, the ticket out is forgive them for what they did and refocus your life on who God is, on how God wants you to live life. You see, as long as you continue to focus on that person, on that hurt, on that pain, that will act as a roadblock that keeps you from moving forward and experiencing life. Job, who I mentioned earlier, he was a man who experienced great tragedy in his life, enormous tragedy. He suffered a great deal, and his story could have had a terrible ending. It could have, but he made some right choices. He made some right choices, and the result is he has one of the greatest stories ever told. From extreme tragedy to extreme goodness in life. We could learn from him. One of the things we could learn from him is uh, in Job 11, 13 through 16. Put your heart right. Reach out to God. Put away evil and wrong from your home. Then face the world again, firm and courageous. Then all your troubles will fade from your memory like floods that are past and remembered no more. First thing he tells us to do is put your heart right. That's where we start. We put our heart right with God. See, it's often our heart that grows dark. It's our heart that turns against us from doing the right thing. To put your heart right is to correct the wrong thoughts and the wrong emotions and the wrong feelings that are going on right now. That's hard. It's especially hard for so many people because it is a step against their arrogance. It's a step against their pride. To put your heart right means I'm putting my heart right with God and I'm setting all of these things aside. First step, put your heart right with God. The next step, reach out to God. You can't do it on your own. You need God's help. So you reach out to God because you need God in your life. You can even say it that way. God, I am reaching out to you. I need you. I am struggling with this. In my weakness, I don't have what it takes. I need your strength. I need your strength to overcome my weakness. You are my strength. You are my stronghold. You are my strong tower. You are my rock. And God gives you the help that you need. You put your heart right. You reach out to God. And then the third thing is you face the world again. It's an act of stepping forward into life. It's an act not of isolating and, and withdrawing and pulling yourself back. You don't 
build up walls. You step into life. You face the world again. That means you, you resume living again. Because the person who is stuck in resentment and bitterness, they're not really living. They're just existing. And they're existing with a pain that they don't have to exist with. But it requires forgiveness. You understand God's forgiveness for you. And then you are willing and able to forgive someone else. Then all your troubles will fade from your memory like floods that are past and remembered no more. The memory of your troubles, the memory of your hurt, the memory of your pain will fade. Like I said, I, I know that you've all been hurt. Wouldn't you like the memory of that hurt to fade, to go, to leave you? It will if you do what God says. Put your heart right. Reach out to God. And then with God's help, re-engage with life again. This describes the life God wants you to experience. He wants you to experience who he is, his grace, his love, his mercy. That's what he wants for you. Without forgiveness, there is no meaningful relationships. And it's in relationships that we have all been hurt. Somewhere, sometime, someone, it was in a relationship. Without forgiveness, there is no meaningful relationships. You want to have meaningful relationships in the future? You have to deal with your pain from the past. Or you'll end up carrying that pain into your future and into your relationships. And all that will do is mess up your future and your relationships. Without forgiveness, there is no meaningful life. So I'm appealing to you. Be willing to forgive. Remind yourself of how much Jesus Christ has done for you. How he made forgiveness possible by taking your sins on the cross. Dying for you so that you could experience life and peace and forgiveness. My encouragement, don't continue on with the struggle. It'll come back up like it has for me. And then you just deal with it again. Accept God's forgiveness and then be willing to forgive others. That is your path to life. I want to pray with you. Father, I am so grateful of your willingness, of you being who you are, of you making forgiveness possible. I am so grateful because it is only within your forgiveness that we can experience life. So I pray that we would. I pray that right in this moment, as those painful memories are, are rushing through our thoughts, I pray that we would take those thoughts captive. I pray that we would offer forgiveness to what has happened. I pray that we would embrace you and your forgiveness fully 
And I pray that we would be willing, just as you are willing to forgive us of our sins, I pray that we are willing to forgive those who sin against us. I pray that in your name, the name of Jesus. Amen.